Jesus said. Nature of Antichrist, episode three. Why is Antichrist called the little horn? That's what we're going to major on tonight. So this third episode is going to be interesting. You know, you would think studying Antichrist, you would be rather um, in the doldrums, but actually uh, it builds my faith and uh, gets me excited uh, because I see more of Jesus when I study any part of the word of God. And anytime you study Antichrist, the end of it is always Christ being victorious. So you get to read the last page and that makes it very exciting. So I am Michael Pearl. This is The Door. Uh, we're No Greater Joy Ministries, and we're located right here in Little Lobeville, Tennessee tonight. How you like the curtains there? Isn't that cute? And so we're studying Antichrist, which is the would-be Christ. No Christ at all. Just spelled with a small c, actually. So we're identifying the Antichrist. There's three things. His name, whatever that might be, we don't know yet. We'll know when he and when he pops up, but I'll be gone by then. And then um, he has a mark of some sort. It's like a logo or some symbol that he has. We don't know what that is either. And then there's the number of his name. So it tells us we can identify him by the number of his name. That is the numerical value of the letters comprising his name. Now that would be in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, or Latin. So in one of those languages from which Antichrist will come, his name will have a value of 666. This number scares a lot of people. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm victorious over it. So one day you will see there in Times Square in New York City, you'll see billboards and flashing signs advertising food available with the mark, name, or number. And they'll be, at that time, they'll get rid of all the haters, no more judgment. We're one in the spirit, they'll be singing. We uh, have the word of God, every single letter in it, perfect, without fault, without error, given to us by God himself. So they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. You'll notice that I do a lot of reading of scripture. This is a Bible study, not a sermon. It's not designed to encourage you or motivate you or, or uh, uh, thrill you, it's designed to teach you what the Bible says. So we go verse by verse through it. So we're going to open the Word of God and look at that passage we looked at the first lesson. Little children, it is the last time. Now, some people think, well, he just thought it was the last time. You see, the dispensations of the Bible are divided up in such a way that the dispensation in which we live, now almost 2,000 years long, is the last time. It's the time in which Antichrist will come. It's the time in which the second coming will come. It's the time in which the rapture and uh, the judgment will take place. And then there'll be another time, which will be the millennium. So we're in that last time. You've heard Antichrist shall come. That's singular. And even now, are there many Antichrist plural? So. We're talking about the singular antichrist that'll come in the last days, not the many antichrists that exist in every generation. Revelation 13, and no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark, the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. 
Let him that understanding hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is a number of man. And his number, his personal number, just his, not yours. You won't have any 666 on your head if you're not saved. Uh, you will uh, have his mark or his number, his name. Actually, you will have a 666 on your head, but you won't have a special number just for you. It'll be his number. 600, three score, and six. Now, Antichrist, we found out last week, uh, shall come at the last time, so his coming is future. He is counted among the Christians. He goes out from the believers, so he started out in the church, but he's not a true Christian. He denies that Jesus is the Christ, mark of Antichrist, not the concept of a Christ. He denies the unity of the Father and the Son, that is, he's non-Trinitarian. He denies that Jesus is come in the flesh. He is a false prophet. He's the spirit of error, and he bides not in the doctrine of Christ. His ministry is based on deception. He's a deceiver, and he's very effective at deceiving. Antichrist is called a beast because he is in the tradition of a long line of world rulers, each one represented as a beast in scriptures. He rises from the remnants of the Roman Empire. He defeats three nations and then gains control of 10 of the old Roman Empire. He, he reigns up until the second coming of Christ. He will make war with the saints, that's the Israelis, the Jewish people, and a few Gentiles that never heard from primitive tribes maybe who get saved during the tribulation. He'll make war with the saints and prevail against them. He'll devour the whole earth. He is the 11th horn arising among the 10 horns. Antichrist will speak against the Most High. He'll wear out the saints by pursuing them under the ends of the earth. The Bible tells us how that the Jews will flee to the south of Jerusalem into the mountains. And God will feed them there with manna like he did in days of old. And the Antichrist will send out a flood to drown them. But God will cause the earth to open up and receive the water. Those are historical facts that have not yet taken place but the Bible predicts them and they will occur exactly as the Bible says. He'll think to change times and laws. Now, what are times? The times is a Jewish 360 day year. And uh, the tribulation is marked by its times, times, time, and a dividing of times, three and a half years, 1260 days, 42 months. And uh, the Antichrist will want to change that. He'll want to rearrange the time frame. So he'll come up with some doctrine that nullifies the Jewish times. And he wants to change laws. Those will be some religious laws, no doubt. The God-ordained prophetic calendar he will come against. After his judgment, his kingdom will fall to the descendants of the saints. That's interesting. The descendants of the saints. Not, so it's the children of the saints that his kingdom will fall to. Oh, I won't go there right now. But what happened to your baby that died last year? He's an heir to the kingdom. All dominions will fall under the kingdom of heaven and serve and obey Jesus Christ. So we looked in the book of Daniel last week and we go back again tonight. We talked about Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had a great empire and he was represented in an image he had as a head of gold. He called in his soothsayers and his astrologers and his wise men. 
In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his sleep was troubled, his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. And so his soothsayers couldn't interpret his dream, but he said he'd just kill them all. So Daniel comes in, interprets the dream for him, and tells him that you saw a great image, the head was of gold, that's you, you are that head of gold. And after you will come another kingdom, he said, and then a third kingdom, and then there'll be a fourth kingdom, and then the fourth kingdom has 10 toes mixed with iron and clay, and that fourth kingdom, the Roman kingdom, will be divided into 10 different nations in the end, but it'll crumble, it won't hold up, because a stone cut out without hands or rolled down out of the mountain and strike it, and that stone, being Lord Jesus Christ, will grow up and become the kingdom of heaven on earth and supplant all these earthly kingdoms. I said it before, I'll say it again, the Bible is a kingdom book. Get my book, Eight Kingdoms. From beginning to end, the Bible is a kingdom book. It's more political, only you don't get a vote than you would think. So Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold, and after thee shall arise another kingdom in fear to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which will rule over the earth. So 605 to 539 was Babylon. Then Persia, Medo-Persia, followed afterwards. Then Greece, then Rome, and then in 476, Rome fell. But at that point, it fell into a religious order. So Rome continued, whereat in Rome, same place, some of the same crowd of people, some of the same imagery. Rome continued under the, some of the same laws. And for the next 1,000 years, reign, Rome reigned, and they called it the Dark Ages. So Daniel has a vision of the four beasts we talked about last week. And these four beasts were a lion with wings, which were, there were thousands of lions with wings carved into the walls of Babylon. That was their symbol. And then afterwards, the Bab uh, Medo-Persian, which was a bear with one shoulder higher than another because the Persians were higher than the Medes. And then had three ribs in his mouth, three nations that the Medo-Persians conquered to get there. And then after that was a, a, a leper with seven heads, excuse me, four heads and four wings. And this represented the Grecian Empire, which was divided into four parts. Read Daniel 11. I remember years ago, it was such a confusing chapter, that long chapter in Daniel 11. So I got a big set of history books. I mean, like, you know, a 15 volume set. And I went carefully through that period and I was absolutely amazed that Daniel chapter 11 predicted in detail all those events in, that took place in history all the way down uh, to the time of Christ. So then the fourth kingdom is a kingdom that's full of iron and brass that stamps and not, destroys into pieces. And it didn't say what it looked like, so the artist here rendered it as kind of a Godzilla-type thing, with ten horns on its head, which matched the ten toes of the statue. So there's Babylon with the lion's wings. There's Medo-Persia, the chest of silver, and the hips and thighs of uh, brass, which was the Grecian Empire, and then the legs of iron, which was the Roman, a different beast for a different artist. And then 476 to the second coming are the feet and toes down there mixed. 
After this I saw in the night vision, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. It wasn't like them, different. And it had ten horns. So the ten horns are what interest us. Why is the Antichrist called the little horn in Daniel? We're going to read about it. And it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Now we're told by the angel, both here and in Revelation, that these horns represent kings, rulers, and their nations. So when Antichrist grows up, he grows up as a ruler, a small horn at first, but then he becomes more stout than his fellows. He uproots three of them right away, less than an hour's time. So some kind of uh, concordant is signed with these nations, and uh, they turn their power over to Antichrist right away. And behold, in his horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. So this horn becomes the dominant one. He is the little horn who takes over all ten horns and rules through them. And behold, till the thrones, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. That's these ten toes, ten horns. And the ancient of days did sit. I like the way he says that, ancient of days. He could just said God, but you know the Muslims talk about God. He talks about the ancient of days, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. If you don't want to know what the wheels are, look in Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. They're big flying things called UFOs today. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. So think about all that fire out in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thousands, thousands, that's millions, ministered unto him. And as, a, as concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away. That's those 10. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time, now time is a year, a Jewish year, 360 days. And a season is maybe three months. So for a year and three months, they were allowed to live. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Now remember, he's having this vision before Jesus comes into the earth or is announced. So he's just telling you what he's seeing. One like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. So think about old Daniel. He gets to see Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven and approaching the Ancient of Days and being brought before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Amen to that. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my heart troubled me. 
He didn't understand any of this. He's just telling us what he saw. And I came near unto one of them that stood by, that's an angel, and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me. So Daniel's getting interpretation. He made me know the interpretation of the things. So Daniel's not guessing at the meaning of these things, and we don't need a commentary. You don't even need me. If you read your Bible, I'm just here because most of you don't read your Bible. To know the interpretation of the things. The interpreting angel provides us with a template to interpret symbolic prophecy. That is, the book of Revelation has symbolic prophecy. It has beast in it. It has horns in it. It has a harlot riding the back of a beast. It has a dragon. It has different things. And so how do we understand those things? Well, we understand them by going back and taking the exact same figures and symbols where they are interpreted for us by the angels. So when we come to the book of Revelation, we already have the key, the template to interpret the prophecies in Revelation. These great beasts, the angel says, are four, four kings which shall arise out of the earth. So they were not at the point, they will arise. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever and ever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful. Now, he understood the first one, Babylon, and two kingdoms would follow. That was pretty clear. But that fourth one's what troubling because it was so odd, so strange, so different. It was like a big mechanical walking monster. Exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. So picture that big metal monster stomping and crushing everything. And of the ten horns, he said, Daniel said, I want to know about the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, that other is the little horn, and before whom three fell, remember, uprooted, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake great, things whose luck was more stout than his fellows. So the other 10 world nation, national leaders weren't as stout looking as he is. And I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. I got a letter just this afternoon from somebody telling me why we were going to go through the tribulation. I believed him that he's going to go through the tribulation, but I'm not. I know I'm not, but he thinks he is, and he probably will. Uh, with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. You know, the Bible's a kingdom book. Do you see that? We're, we're coming towards a kingdom. How are you supposed to pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come on earth. This is not talking about going to heaven. Thou will be done on earth. 23, thus he said, the four beasts shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. So that's pretty clear. Fourth beast, fourth kingdom. And the 10 horns out of the kingdom are 10 kings that shall arise and another shall arise after them. So Antichrist is a horn, he's a king. 
He's a king like the ten kings. He's going to rise when those ten kings are present. You see all this timing. And he will exist until the time when Jesus comes back. And we're going to find out he'll last for th three and a half years uh, after he manifests himself. So we have a lot of detail on the, the Antichrist. He shall be diverse from the first. He shall do three kings. Again, it says it. And he shall speak great words against the most high. Remember that little horn had a big mouth. And shall wear out the saints of the most high. Antichrist is going to wear out the saints. He's going to wear them down with them not having food. He's going to wear them down chasing them from place to place. He's going to wear them down by catching the daddy and killing him, then catching the daughter and decapitating her, then catching a son, and then there's just a couple family members left running, running, running. He's going to wear them out, and he'll overcome them. That's what the tribulation, the tribulation is not a time to try men's souls so they get better and be purified. A fellow who sent me a letter today said the purpose of the tribulation is to purify the church because it's engaged in idolatry. <laughs> the tribulation is not to purify anything. It's the wrath of God poured out on mankind to bring judgment and suffering. And the ten horns out of his kingdom are ten kings shall arise and another king shall arise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings and he shall speak great words against the most high wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws and they shall be given, the, the changing of times and laws, shall be given into his hand. So he will actually make a change by which the world operates and thinks. You see, the Bible will still be around in my, <laughs> this will still be in the airways. This message will still be around unless they're able to purge it somehow. It'll still be around. Not there's books in my office you can find. Uh, and you can read about this or you find an old Bible and read it. And you're going to read 1260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. Antichrist made his appearance. And Antichrist said, no, that's not, that's not what a time is. The time is actually a thousand years, because a thousand years with the Lord's a day with the Lord's a thousand years, a thousand years a day. So that's God's time, a thousand years. That means three and a half thousand years that, that we're going to be reigning. I mean, he, I don't know if that's what He's going to say, but He'll come up with something like that, and it'll, He'll pull it off publicly for three and a half years. And the kingdom, and dominion, and the greatness of the kingdom. So it's going to be a great kingdom. Antichrist is going to perform miracles. He probably come up with a cure for cancer, cure AIDS. He's going to have power. Under the hell, whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. So the descendants of the saints of the Most High are going to get the kingdom that Antichrist builds up. The power is going to transfer of this kingdom from Antichrist to the descendants of the saints whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him, whereunto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cognations, that's uh, thoughts, which troubled me and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. He said, it left me changed and troubled what I saw. The Bible predicts only four kingdoms until the end. Hasn't there been many more than four? I mean, what about Hitler? What about Charlemagne? What about uh, all the different kingdoms that have taken place? 
What about Russia? Um, I mean, you know, there's been hundreds of kingdoms that have taken place, and yet it says four. Now, why would it do that? Because you say, because they didn't know. Oh, the Bible always answers the questions. You just have to read it. The answers are there. Zechariah prophesied of the four horns, the four kingdoms. And he gave us a little new insight, kind of obscure passage there. Then lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. And I saw, and I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? Uh, he was uh, from Kentucky. And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Now the four horns are distinct in that they scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So the re people tried to read the Bible, uh, how does it apply to the United States? It's not about the United States. The Bible, the, all those prophecies are about Israel and what happens in Israel. And these four kingdoms ruled over Israel and supplanted God's kingdom, and that's why they're emphasized. And in 70 A.D., actually well before that, Israel ceased to exist. And so nothing that happens in that period of time matters because they were no longer there. They're not a nation. No one could usurp them. So all those kingdoms and, that reigned during that time don't matter. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. This is funny. You know, not four holy men, four preachers. Four carpenters. Then said I, what come these to do? He spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man may lift up his head, but these are come to fray them. That's where you take a draw knife and you just keep peeling away like this. I did that about two weeks ago. I took a timber and frayed it down. To cast out the horns of the Gentiles. So these four horns are the horns of the Gentiles which lifted up the horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. So why doesn't it mention all the other nations? You see, I even read today people wanting to place the United States as one of the heads or one of the horns and Britain is one of them and act to get all of, you're, you don't matter that much. God is interested in Israel, not the United States. I know that's hard <laughs> Realize that we're not the center of everything. John saw the same beast as Daniel. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. Remember in Daniel, he was, came up out of the sea, the beast. And I saw beasts rise up out of the sea. The reason being, symbolically, if you look up the word sea every time it's used in prophecy, it always references the, the nations of the world coming up out of the, the populace of the world. Because by sea is how one nation came to another one having seven heads and ten horns. Now, this one doesn't have four heads, four beasts, but it has seven. Uh, I may not go, I'm not going to go into that in much detail. I'll tell you what it is. Seven heads and ten horns. Upon the horns, ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leper. And that was the Grecian. And his feet was the feet of a bear. That's the Medo-Persian. And his mouth is the mouth of a lion. That's the Babylonian. And the dragon 
gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. So Satan is going to give Antichrist his position. And I saw one of his heads, one of the seven heads, as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Remember the beast are leaders of nations. And they worshiped the dragon, Satan, which gave power unto the beast, the world leader, and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So the world is going to be impressed with the power of the beast to end all wars by the means of war. So they're going to actually worship the beast. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. Do you see the length to Daniel and to Zechariah? a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given in him to continue 40 and two months. That is your three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle. Now this is during the tribulation and them that dwell in heaven. So antichrist is going to open his mouth and blaspheme not only God, but the people dwelling in heaven at that time, after all the rapture's already taken place. So the saints have left, and he's going to hate them. He's going to hate, hate, hate the saints of God. You know, the Antichrist hatred is already fomented in this country. College campuses, news media, the liberal progressives throughout this country, they hate the light. Neither will they come to the light lest their deeds be reproved. They denigrate the light. They misrepresent the light. They lie about the light. And he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God to blaspheme his name as tabernacle. That's the place we'll be. Uh, I like old tabernacles. Good singing and preaching there. And them that dwell in heaven, and he had, he was given, it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Given unto him, he who letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. It was given unto him to make war with the saints. And to overcome them. So all of you people who say you're Christians and you're going to go through the tribulation, you're going to outsmart the antichrist and you're going to hide out and you're going to get in your little concrete bunker with your shotgun and your stored up food and you're going to survive. God is in the business of turning you over to the antichrist. Everybody on the earth, you won't survive. It was given unto him over all kindreds, all tongues and all nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. The only way to get out of that is to die. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. My name's there. Now, Revelation 17. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. This is the angel taking him on a little trip. And I saw a woman sit up on a scarlet colored beast. So it's a woman riding a reddish dark brownish red colored beast full of names of blasphemy. She got not these names written all over her and the beast just blaspheming God. I mean, they hate, hate God so much. The, the antichrist beast is going to be tattooed with despisings of Jesus Christ having seven heads and 10 horns. Now these seven heads, I'll go ahead and tell you now these seven heads, there's lots of, of different views on what they represent. There is no angelic interpretation other than saying they're kings. 
but it doesn't say exactly what kings they are. Now, remember when Daniel was prophesying, his dreams and prophecies covered from his time forward. It didn't cover anything before Daniel, right? Well, there were two usurpations of Israel before that by Egypt and Assyria. That's two plus four, which makes six. See, I'm a mathematician. And then there's one more to come, which will be the ten nations unified, and then the Antichrist is going to be the eighth and of the seven. We'll read that in a moment. And the woman was arrayed, this woman, this harlot, riding the back of this beast. Now the beast is the political system, and so the harlot is riding the political system. She's directing it. Now that's not the Antichrist, the harlot. The Antichrist is the, the beast. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, sort of like the colors the Catholic Church uses, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, kind of like the goblet that is symbolic of the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church, uh, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations. There's the pictures artists made of the whore riding the back of the seven-headed beast with her golden cup, which he said is the filthiness of her fornication. Upon her head was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, abomination of the whole earth. So this woman riding this beast is the mother of lots of harlots. In the Bible, if you look up harlots for symbolism, it replies to false religious systems that copulate with false gods. And so this harlot represents Judaism and Christianity, its falseness, its corruption, its deception. A formation that is anti-God, anti-Christ. Mystery Babylon the Great, the Mother of Harlots, the Abominations of the Earth. I have a little book of chart on Revelation and a book that gives you something like 17 different reasons that this list of things here would apply to the Roman Catholic Church with all the Protestants underneath it. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. So this harlot is responsible for the blood of saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw, I wondered with great admiration. In other words, he's just amazing. She's dripping down her mouth is the blood she's drinking from all the people she's killed. Roman Catholic Church responsible for somewhere around 50 to 60 million deaths during their tenure. Behold, didst thou marvel? Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which had seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Now that's strange language. That's a what do you call it? A riddle. The beast that thou sawest was. Sometime in the past it was. And it is not right now. Not here. Nope. Not here now. And it shall ascend out of the bottomless pit in the future. And go into perdition. Be damned. 
And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is Antichrist, is going to be a pre-existent character who was. But he wasn't at the time John was writing. He wasn't there. He was somewhere else. But he will be again during the tribulation. Maybe we'll go into some more detail on that next week. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Mountains in the Bible are representative, symbolic of nations, kings, kingdoms as well. The seven heads are seven mountains. Now, everyone knows that Vatican City sits on seven hills. It's a saying, the seven hills. It's common. It encompasses seven hills. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen at that point that John is writing in 95 AD. Five kings had fallen. And one is, and one was present. Now, remember, the one present was Rome. So if you go back, Rome, uh, Greece, Medo-Persia, Babylon, and Assyria, seven heads, five are fallen, Assyria and Egypt, that's the five right here that have fallen. One is, which would be the sixth one, that was Rome, and one is, and the other is not yet come. So there was Rome was going to outlast Israel in the land. Israel was going to be destroyed in 70 AD. And so there'll be a gap there when Israel's out of the land. For, and then when Israel comes back, there'll be one more king rule over Jerusalem. Now, one more foreign power, one more Gentile nation. Now, I stop here and say this. That could be the ten toes of Antichrist, but it may not be. It may be that we will see in your lifetime in the future, it may be that we will see a takeover of Jerusalem by Western powers. The United States, Russia, France or Britain, or UN, come in and take over the politics and the policing and control colonize Israel. It could be. So that's a possibility. If not, then it would be the, the federation of ten nations when the Antichrist takes over. Except the Antichrist is not going to be the seventh. He himself, his kingdom, is going to be the eighth. So that's why I'm wondering if <laughs> who the seventh one is that's going to come yet. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, the other is not yet come, and when he cometh, he must continue a short space. So just a short time. He won't be there long. So I can, I can picture Israel being commandeered by Western power for a few months and being that seventh one. The beast that was is not even he is the eighth so the Antichrist is going to be the eighth, and he is of the seven. That means he derives from them, comes out of one of those nations. He goeth into perdition, and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which received no kingdom as yet. So in John's day, those ten toes, ten kings didn't exist. But received power as kings one hour with a beast. That's not going to be very long. 
These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So it must be some sort of a nations coming together and having some sort of parley and uh, divvying up. And uh, they sign over power to these ten nations. And all of a sudden these ten nations turn right around within the hour and sign their power over to Antichrist. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. Do I hear some music playing? Lord of lords, king. They're going to sing that. That song's going to make it to heaven by its works. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. No backsliders. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth, and here's an interpretation of waters, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. You see, there's always somewhere in the Bible an angelic interpretation of all the symbolism. So many people miss that and just go on coming up with whatever they think it might be. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The political system is going to turn against the whore, the religious system, and destroy her. So the Antichrist, a Christian, coming out of the Christian church, out of the West, will unite the factions, the religious factions of the whole world. And he will present himself in a way that even the Muslims will worship him. But they will resent it deep down inside. Now, these seven heads, if you think about it, that same piece of geography was ruled by all of them. Where Babylon was, Turkey, Lebanon, all the way up to Greece. Uh, so all of them have ruled the same area. So... It's been understood that the ten toes, the ten horns, are going to be a revived Roman Empire. But I differ with some of the older writers for the reason I have additional insight with history that's developed lately. But being, uh, being Caucasian-centric, uh, everybody has said, and you read books about it, that the, it's, it, the ten nations are the are the European Union, that it's all those white people in Europe, France, Germany, Britain, Spain, Holland, Belgium, all those nations. The only thing, if you look at a map of the old Roman Empire, they covered all of North Africa, all the Middle East, into the northern Saudi Arabia, all of Iraq, all of Syria, all of Iran, uh, part of Iran, Persia, on up into the Baltic states, clean to the Black Sea, Turkey, Greece, all of that area they controlled. And all those nations are Muslim right now. So there's no reason not to think that those 10 toes couldn't be a mixture of Christian nations and Muslim nations coming together under Antichrist, clay and iron, that won't cleave one to another. And it weakens them. You remember the prophecies on that? So that's my theory, and I may be wrong. But it seems 
at this point in history, looking at it, most probable uh, explanation to me. But I wouldn't argue with anyone over it. When you're right, you don't need to argue. <laughs> For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest, here it is, is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. There's never been a city on the face of the earth that has reigned over kings of the earth like Vatican City. And it still does. And I beheld the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came. And judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. That means they have the power. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So that rock cut out without hands will smite the image at its feet. Now think about it. It smites the, ten, the mixture of ten nations. But when it does, it destroys everything right up to the head. Why? Because it'll all be the same geography, the same nationalistic people, and the same basic Babylonish, godless, superstitious religion preserved in Roman Catholicism and Protestantism down to this day. Wow. I like that picture right there. I will follow, I will follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I will follow on. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. The apostle said, We are the children of light, and the children of the day. We're not of the night, nor of the darkness. Give thanks unto the Father, which made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, for if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus. Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. They shall come with weeping, with supplication and I will lead them and I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water 
in a straight way. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. To whom be glory and honor and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Revelation 19, I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth went a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth down the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God Almighty. He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And when he comes, we'll come with him on white horses. You'll ride for the first time, some of you. They'll come by the thousands. They'll come by the millions with King Jesus in the lead, all on white horses. And except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm looking forward to it. I'm already in it. I'm a member of it. I've been made a citizen. I just hadn't walked through the gate yet, but I'm going to. God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Amen, amen, amen. Take that, Antichrist. All right, next week. Thanks for studying God's Word with us. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, and Twitter, or contact us by email at thedoor at nogreaterjoy.org. The Door is a production of No Greater Joy Ministries. For more of Mike's teachings, as well as hundreds of other great resources on child training, marriage, family, and faith, go to nogreaterjoy.org. While you're there, download Mike's free audio teaching on Romans, and check out Mike's award-winning graphic novel, Good and Evil, now available in over 48 languages and as an animated video. See you next time at The Door.